It was long, Elizabeth Daniels noted. Without a doubt, Jacques was several inches longer than most. She leaned in, scanned it, and ran her index finger along its prodigious length. She heard Jacques' quick intake of breath. Silken to the touch, yet deliciously firm. Broad, sleek, inviting. She nodded her approval, swallowed, and brought her lips to its soft brown side. A thick, creamy droplet poised on the tip. She moaned, anticipating the coming moments. Her tongue snaked out to lick the end clean. Mmm, she murmured. Come on, go for it, Jacques urged, tension filling his voice. Please, you're killing me. I shouldn't. Elizabeth, I'm pleading with you. Oh, all right. She licked the tip again, inhaled deeply, and took a big bite. Jacques exploded next to her. Well, incredible, she declared. This is the single best eclair I've had in months. She glanced at Jacques' expression. Years, she amended. And? And you're absolutely right. This new recipe is even better than your last batch. It has to be featured in the book. In fact, I'm giving you the cover spread for the pastries chapter. Yes, yes! The portly 36-year-old French chef did a little jig in the front aisle of Tutti Frutti, the ice cream parlor and confectionery shop where she and Jacques worked part-time. Elizabeth's uncle and his business partner owned the place, and they'd turned it into the coolest hot spot in Wilmington Bay, Wisconsin. Elizabeth grinned at her good friend's jubilance. Jacques' enthusiasm was one of the many things she adored about him. Another thing was that, despite the remnants of Jacques' French accent, they spoke the same language, a vernacular inhabited by phyllo dough, shaved almond bark, and imported spices. As one of the few people she could be herself around, the Frenchman was worth his weight in Dutch cocoa. Jacques pranced around a little more, his receding hairline becoming more prominent when he jumped. I knew you'd love it, chérie he said. Didn't I tell you you'd love it? You told me. Elizabeth wiped the chocolate frosting and custard splotches off her chin before scribbling a few cursory comments in her notebook. She hadn't exaggerated in her assessment. Every one of Jacques's creations was bigger and better than the competition. She needed her first solo dessert cookbook, perfect pastries, pralines, and parfaits, to do the same. He gave her a saucy wink. You know, I think you need to take my marriage proposal more seriously, ma petite brioche. Just imagine the two of us together. We could bring tasty comfort to millions of people daily. Sweet-toothed folks the world over. He raised his voice and waved his oven mitt in the air with fervor. We'll flock to Wilmington Bay to see where this wonder all began. He beamed at her. Jacques and Elisabeth, saviors of the dessert deprived. Please tell me that's not going to be our slogan. He shrugged. I will leave the naming up to you, but I'll be hurt if you don't think it through just a bit. Our possible engagement, I mean. He couldn't disguise the mischievous glint in his eye. Friendship is the key to long-lasting love. I'd be honored to marry such a good friend as you, Elisabeth. His voice dropped, if you'll have me.
She walked to where he stood behind the counter and threw her arms around him. You are an amazing man, and yet totally, unbelievably insincere on this subject. She punched him on the shoulder. But thanks for trying to cheer me up. I may have given up looking for love, but one of these days you'll find someone worthy of you. Nonsense. You're just saying no now because you want the empire all to yourself, you greedy girl. He dipped her backward as if in a finale to a dance routine and planted a brotherly kiss on her forehead. In another year or two, you'll be ready for me. She laughed and they stepped apart. Their conversations were peppered with moments like this, Jacques tossing a half-hearted proposal her way and her waving him off until next time. There was truly no romantic chemistry between them, but loneliness made people play these kinds of games.